This is Optimal Finance Daily, Episode 792, Eight Money Myths That Might Be Holding You Back, Part 1, by Paula Pant of AffordAnything.com. And I am Dan, I'm your host here on Optimal Finance Daily, where I bring you some of the best personal finance blogs on the planet in podcast form. And if you didn't know this already, we give books away to random people on our mailing list. Plus, we give away free tools, tips, and quotes to help you optimize your life. And that is all free if you're part of our weekly newsletter at oldpodcast.com. So if you haven't joined already, now's a great time to do it. Again, that's at oldpodcast.com, oldpodcast.com. And I'll give you a quick reminder about that at the end as well. But for now, let's get right to our post as we optimize your life. Eight Money Myths That Might Be Holding You Back, Part 1, by Paula Pant of AffordAnything.com. I live in a two-bedroom condo. It's furnished with a used couch and used coffee table. My shoe rack is made from old cardboard boxes glued together. Almost everything else in my home is from Craigslist, Amazon, and Overstock. I consider Ikea to be a splurge. My favorite hobbies are hiking and camping, both free and cheap. My friend Amanda cuts my hair. In fairness, she is a hairstylist. I can't remember the last time I got a manicure or pedicure. When I fly overseas, I fly with airline miles and visit countries where the exchange rate works in my favor. The cheapest car I've ever purchased cost $400. I drove it for a year and a half, then sold it for $200. The newest car I've ever purchased was four years old. I bought my laptop and phone used, refurbished. I lived with roommates until I was 31, and I never need to work a job I dislike again. This is what financial independence looks like. One of the pitfalls of society, geez, that's an uplifting intro, is our massive lack of financial education. We're taught the Pythagorean theorem, but not how to balance a checkbook, or what APR means, or the difference between marginal and effective tax rates. Most people don't understand how money works. Instead, we're socialized with myths and misconceptions about money, like these. One, buying is always better than renting. Two, Buying a new car with a zero interest rate is smart. Three, the stock market is risky, so stay in cash. Four, Bitcoin is an investment. Five, don't worry about retirement if you're young. Six, repay your student loans before you start a retirement fund. Seven, holding debt will improve your credit score. Eight, you can't invest unless you're an expert. And nine, your home is an investment, to name a few. One of my goals with this website is to demonstrate how to make math-driven, spreadsheet-based decisions about money. Many of these misconceptions collapse under the weight of careful scrutiny. Each one merits its own article, but that's another topic for another day. Today, I'd like to chat about broader myths and misconceptions, the kind that affect our mindset. Here are eight financial myths in no particular order. Myth number one, money is scarce. We're taught that money is scarce, so you must clutch it with tight fists. Money is hard to earn and easy to squander. But is this true, or is this a self-fulfilling prophecy? If we believe that money is scarce, do we close ourselves off from receiving it? When I say self-fulfilling prophecy, I don't mean to sound all woo-woo, law of attraction, crystals, and unicorns. If you want to attract money into your life, you need more than mere positive thinking. You need to double down, write a plan, start a side business, launch a website, pitch people, buy an investment property. That's how you attract money, you hustle. But you're not likely to take that type of radical action if deep down you believe money is in short supply. Scarcity is a demotivator. If we internalize the idea that money is scarce, 
then it becomes rational to obsess over saving rather than earning. If money, like time, is a fixed quantity, then optimization comes from cutting rather than growing. And that's a recipe for shortchanging yourself. Now, to be clear, I am a natural-born saver and I encourage a minimalist-ish lifestyle, given that many people seem to have confused needs with wants. But extreme saving is a problem. Clipping coupons, stockpiling toilet paper, and hoarding a garage brimming with useless plastic junk because it was quote-unquote such a good deal at a yard sale, that's not frugality, that's a variant of excess. You cheat yourself when you overlook dollars to pick up dimes. You fall short of your potential when penny-pinching becomes more important than creative production. Frugality is tempting. There's an immediate payoff and instant gratification. There's no fear of failure, and it focuses on consumerism, buying for less, which is more comfortable and familiar than creation or converting an idea into reality. But it must be held in moderation. Those 53 ways to save money listicles reflect a deep-seated belief that shopping the post-holiday clearance aisle for discounted wrapping paper is a better use of your time than literally anything else you could be doing. Myth number two. You've heard the expression, it's not what you earn, it's what you spend. Eh, this is half true. What you spend matters, but what you earn also matters. It's both. It's what you earn and what you spend. Your job is to increase the gap between earning and spending. There are two ways to grow this gap, earn more, spend less, or a combination of both. Imagine that you earn $60,000 per year. You land a promotion which increases your salary to $70,000. You start a side hustle, like becoming a pet sitter or dog walker for Rover, which might bring in $15,000 per year. You invest in a rental duplex, which nets $8,000 per year. You're now earning an extra $33,000 per year, more than half your former salary and far more than you could have saved through belt tightening alone. What you earn matters. Of course, if you blow this extra $33,000 on fancy cars and cocktails, then duh, you'll reap what you sow. But if you invest this money, you'll launch yourself on a faster trajectory than the people who focus on spending alone. Myth number three, money doesn't matter. Uh, money does matter. If it didn't, why wake up to an alarm clock? Why climb out of a cozy warm bed, scrape ice off your windshield, and sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic? Why spend the day drinking lukewarm coffee under fluorescent lighting while you answer emails and shuffle paper and deal with a passive-aggressive supervisor? Why would you endure this with your short, beautiful life and then turn around and claim that money doesn't matter? This makes zero sense. When people say that money doesn't matter, oftentimes they mean buying unnecessary doesn't matter. Lamborghinis don't matter. Gucci handbags don't matter. That's true. It's also irrelevant. Money is distinct from the physical goods it purchases. A surplus of money buys the opportunity to engage in work that fuels you. Money allows you to wake up to an alarm because you're going to spend the day creating art or writing or volunteering or building a business or taking care of your children. Time is scarce and value derives from scarcity. Time, therefore, is more valuable than money. Until you reach financial independence, you'll trade time for money. This means you're exchanging something rare and non-replicable for something of lesser value. That's a losing trade. Money is the tool that allows you to stop making this lopsided trade. Myth number four. Hear that in tomorrow's episode. You just listened to part one of the post titled Eight Money Myths That Might Be Holding You Back by Paula Pant of affordanything.com. And I will wrap up this post for you tomorrow. Before I go today, another quick reminder that if you want to be part of our book raffles, which are totally free, and get some tools, spreadsheets, life tips, quotes, and more, and show some support for our podcasts, 
please come by oldpodcast.com and join the weekly newsletter. It would mean a lot to us if you did. And that'll do it for me here today. Thank you so much for being a part of this show and have yourself a great Tuesday if you're listening in real time. I will be back with you tomorrow with part two of this post, and that's where your optimal life awaits.